All right, here comes Barrett. Barrett, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, Danae, your, your, your mic did that weird slowdown thing again. Oh my my <laughs> welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dyser, and I'm joined, as always, by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Remotely. We write for CinemaSins, TV Sins, and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Yeah, when I say joined, I mean joined <laughs> remotely. This is going to be social interesting. Social distancing. Yeah. We, uh, we are doing the uh, social distancing thing. Now, usually, Jonathan, you join us remotely. So this isn't new for you, necessarily. No. But now- We're doing a little different recording, though. We're recording on different stuff. Yeah. So we're recording differently to try <laughs> to eliminate the lag. We're also looking at each other through a separate thing where we can see each other. So we're not talking over each other as much. As much. And after a year, I fixed my mic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I broke uh, mine. I don't know how much of that will be in the outtakes, but uh, I'm excited for you to hear uh, Danae's new uh, vocal style. It is disturbing. It, is it was disturbing. <laughs> it was. It was disturbing. Uh, how's everybody holding up through this whole, you know, Good. I keep saying quarantine, but it's not technically a quarantine if you don't have the, the virus, right? Then it's technically isolation. They, yeah, it's a self-quarantine. They um they did finally pass here. I think they have pretty much everywhere, but here in the Nashville area, they're doing the um, only essential businesses and yeah. Yeah. pretty much all restaurants are curbside or yeah, here too. Uh, my wife, drive through. My wife is essential business because she's in banking and she has a little, yep. she has a little card that they gave her that she can show somebody and say, hey, I'm, I'm an essential business you know person and oh because you can actually like get in trouble yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah same for that. my husband because he's in the uh supermarket kind of world the food business which is considered an essential thing on the card or the piece of paper rather for him it's a piece of paper it says you know we ask that you allow them to continue working so i guess technically there's a chance that, that he wouldn't be allowed but i don't think we're there yet uh, we're still, I mean, for the United States, at least, we're still kind of really in the early stages of, I don't know, the whole virus thing. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the numbers and I don't want to turn this into like CNN or Fox News or anything, I'm just, you know, I'm just was looking at them earlier today. Uh, New York is the one that's just getting <laughs> slammed. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's growing everywhere and it continues to grow exponentially. Um, I think it's, I think it's a kind of educational experience for all of us. And I was telling my wife, like, you can see how the Spanish flu 100 years ago would kill a third of the population. Like, because they didn't have mm-hmm. any way to know it was coming. They didn't have right. any way to understand how to fight it. They didn't know what, like, I, I, can you imagine, you know, without respirators, without preparation, without, like, how bad something like this could be? And then I don't think it's unfair to imagine how bad it could be even with this stuff if it were a more aggressive virus like i think it's really important for us to get our stuff together you know absolutely yeah it's interesting so that's to... why oh. that's why we're turning this podcast into a uh that's right a, vi- a virus study podcast yeah covid 2019 podcast uh, 2020 uh sir aren't they still saying 2019 though well it's covid 19 because it was first COVID-19. discovered in 19 yeah so yeah 
the, is it 2020? I think it's pretty. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> it's pretty evident here in the first 12 seconds of this new podcast idea that we shouldn't be talking about it as no, experts. In no, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> we should completely ignore it from here on out. We're all living our own lives in isolation, and we should just do what we like to do, and maybe take a little bit yeah. of uh, add a little lightness to your day. But it's interesting, yeah. For for me though, like I said, you know, we're working at home like we always do, so yeah. it's not that. Danae's got a lot going on though. Yeah, it's a super. Um, a lot happening over here on in my neck of the wood but we're we're gonna figure out a way to get through it or not we'll find out (laughs) i think we should say just kind of here at the top of the show that you know cinemasins uh at large we're gonna continue to put out content there's not really a Mm -hmm. lot uh, that we do that we can't do remotely. And so the editing team and the writing team and all of us have pivoted in whatever ways we need to. And we will continue to put out content for you guys to enjoy yep. no matter, like well, at least for the foreseeable future, no no matter what it takes, we're going to get stuff to you. A couple people expressed some concern to me on Twitter about that. I was like, dude, we've been practicing social distancing since 2013. We're good. <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's I think we're even more taking seriously our uh, our calling, if you will, to brighten people's day. Right. Like I've seen Jeremy a lot on you know Twitter doing fun things like live tweets of movies and yeah. that kind of stuff. And I put together that happy playlist that our fans kind of talked about on Twitter. And I've just we're going- all taking we're all taking Sorry. the opportunity to kind of do do things like that. And I think that's you know you know that's yeah. what we can do. I've been going on to Discord the last few days, even if it's just for uh, 20, 30 minutes while I have something to do at my desk and just flipping my mic on and connecting and talking. And I think that that's been helpful. Uh, I've gotten some good feedback. Just, you know, it's important to connect to a community that you enjoy. And so if you're feeling uh, isolated in an, a, another way <laughs> and you want a community, we would like to, again, uh, welcome you if you want to come to the Discord. There's lots of chat and conversation. There's a food channel and a pet channel, obviously ranting and movies and TV and all that stuff is there as well. But uh, yeah, we're going to continue to make an effort to be entertaining and bring some joy. And of course, yeah, I didn't even know we had gotten a food channel. I went on there the <laughs> other day and I'm like, hey, we got a food yeah, channel. We do. That's right. People are posting their pictures of their food. It's yummy. Uh, People it, are sending Danae tater tot uh, recipes on Twitter. I saw. Yeah. yeah. Tater's going to take. Um, so yeah, so we will continue to put out great content and here on behind the scenes, we will continue to talk about that great content. Uh, let's kick it off with this inside scoop. What's he building in We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the show or movie in general, or music video, I guess we should throw in there as well. That's right. Um, let's start with TV Sins, and we're going to Westworld, because season three debuted. Uh, this was a Dicer Hughes script, um, and I'm really curious, Danae, to start with your opinion on Westworld, having only seen the first episode. Ah. Uh. Well, my guess was going to be this was your favorite show ever. That was my guess. <laughs> Real? No, I'm, I'm. I am curious though. No, really? I have no idea. Really? No, not favorite show. No, I. I, I was like, no, I'm. I'm like Aaron. I'm really curious what you think of it. So I felt weird watching it. I. I actually was messaging Aaron, giving him grief, uh, as if he were getting me back for not doing any Walking Dead because the show starts off really, really dark uh, with murder and rape. And with no clear understanding of what the parameters of this environment is. And of course, as this first episode develops, 
you come to an understanding of how this is sort of part of the point of the show, or at least I mm-hmm. think that's where it's going to go. I have read blogs and I read a lot about this show because it's one of those I don't want to put a lot of time into, but it's definitely got my attention and I'm curious where it's going to be going. I definitely had some predictions watching the first one that were revealed uh, as I read that stuff. So um, my puzzle brain was tweaked and intrigued. Uh, I thought the acting was really good. I thought the premise is really interesting. I love the sci-fi element of it, but it's dark. And this one was, Mm -hmm. it bummed me out pretty hard. I I had to watch it a few times to really shed the darkness of it and kind of get into the fun of writing a script. But it was definitely not my favorite one to just get into. I was like, I was not expecting it. Seems like it'd be a pretty hard one to write a script for, um, I don't know. But, uh, I can't. Huh? I actually, I, I don't think it was too hard of a script to write. There's a lot of uh, stuff that's ripe for sinning uh, in, no, in Westworld. Yeah, fair. So, yeah, I, I didn't find too much difficulty. What about you, Jonathan? Well, I came at this from a weird angle when I, I watched the first season when it aired. Uh, I did not watch the second season. And it wasn't because I disliked it. I just, I don't know. It, it didn't, it didn't really grab my attention either way. But what was weird was the original 1973 movie is one of my mom's favorite movies. And so I grew up watching that movie a lot and the sequel. And there was even a TV show that was on for like a year, like in the, I think in the early eighties, late seventies, uh, beyond Westworld, uh, which was terrible. But if you ever find it, it's so funny. Um, so when I first saw this, when this pilot premiered, you know, a few years ago, um, it just completely caught me off guard. Cause I was like, well, that's not Westworld. Like <laughs> that, right. uh, Westworld that I was used to, uh, but it's super interesting, and it definitely is a show that is trying to uh, go a little beyond the normal sci-fi conventions, mm-hmm. which I can appreciate, but I just don't know how much I connect to it. I've heard this third season has started off really strong, though, so it kind of makes me want to go back and watch the second season. One of my favorite things that um, happened is when I told Aaron that it was really violent and I was having kind of a hard time with it. He was like, huh, yeah, I don't remember the violent. violence. I remember the nudity, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. There, there is uh, so you many see bodies. a lot of Thandies Newtons. So many host bodies. Uh, <laughs> but you, men and women. Yeah, I was for that. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say honestly, I remember the nudity because to me, it's not. I, there is some sexual nudity, but it's a lot of just natural human bodies. In, yeah. I've often talked about the fact that there's not enough of that, you know, in our kind of our understanding of the world around us. We mm-hmm. tend to sexualize the human body because the only time we see a naked body, it's, you know, having sex or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, it seemed uh, like actually, it was a good representation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I rewatched the pilot. I had forgotten about that, too. I The scenes where they're just sitting there a- asking them questions and they're naked, mm-hmm. you know, and it's but it's very just it just seems normal. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and there's there's and obviously they're ro- they're supposed to be robots. So yeah, and there's the uh, you know the storage room where there's hundreds mm-hmm. of them, and there's God, how sad is a that? lot of body diversity. And I guess I'll take your comment, Jonathan. And well, I guess I should say how I feel about it uh, before before we kind of continue talking about it. But uh, of us, I guess I'm the one who's into it the most. I have watched every episode, including the first episode of season three. The second episode airs tonight as we're recording this. Um, and I go back and forth on this show. Uh, um, I don't ever fully hate it, 
but I do fully mm-hmm. love it sometimes. So it's kind of like yeah. a love and, uh, you know, not hate relationship. But there are moments of this show I'm just like, yeah, that part of it doesn't interest me. But there's so much of this show that does tweak my puzzle brain, like Danae said, that I'm really invested in kind of these characters in this world and, you know, what's going to happen to them. And one of the thing I've, things I've loved about the show is it's not afraid to be something different every season. This third season is yeah. an entirely different show, and I love it. Like, it's, it's kind of... It, it's one of those things that makes you realize, oh, they were thinking bigger picture than I was. You know, I was, was just mm-hmm. thinking I was just thinking of this amusement park and they were thinking of this world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I picked up whenever I was reading about it uh, is sort of those next level um, where the show goes and things like that. I and then going back and watching the first episode after reading all of this material that I consumed i it was interesting too because there's so many nods and winks in that first episode that if you're intent intently watching and you know that there's some pretty cool stuff uh and that's where one of my favorite sins came from with the uh spoiler of one of the characters so oh yeah yeah so is the is the second season i've understood it's a little more i don't know if theoretical is the right word but it's not really action oriented it's really more like thought the second season is very complex and i think it's it's a bit much even for me like it's it's one of those Mm -hmm. things that i i had to listen to two podcasts after every episode to start to (laughs) fully grasp what i'd seen that's too much work right it's a lot you're right it is a lot but but it's but it's also very rewarding like that's the thing that's the thing about like actual like tolkienites uh who really study you know lord of the rings and the hobbit and the Cimmerillion, and like they go in depth in the world there's like a rewarding aspect to that but it's too much work for most of us well and the thing have you gone back and watched the original movies or the original westworld movie no no not at all yeah, the thing is, it's really interesting. You guys had the Jurassic Park outtake, though, because you know Crichton wrote and directed the original movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and Jurassic Park is very much like something similar to Westworld. Oh yeah, that that scene, those it, those quotes fit perfectly for those two in that yeah. moment. So yeah, there's a element of that second season, as I understand it, where the watch the person watching is beginning to understand some clues about how all these stories are actually merging together because there's all these different characters and um, storylines because this entire show is based on, you know, like story loops and things like that. And so Mm -hmm. it turns it a little bit on its head, which is why there's a lot of fan theories and things that aren't answered yet. Uh, There's, you know, you've got these consciousnesses and these stories that are being loaded into these robots, essentially. Uh, What happens if that story goes into somebody else? And so there's, there's different character switches and changes and and movements on top of how they're uh, telling the story, uh, whether Mm -hmm. you know where you are in this line or this line. And I'm trying to like not spoil things exactly because it I've heard so much about it being a fun (laughs) show to watch. He's a host for yeah. Uh, a fun show to watch for somebody who is really a puzzle person. So doing the troll thing on this particular one, writing that mm-hmm. one was hard for me to do, but I really like it. Just kind of like came out, and so I'm kind of proud of that troll moment. I'm not well, going to lie. And also, there was there was a comment from somebody who said um, that they didn't know that and it uh. spoiled it, but they still had a good time. Like it yeah. was like it was like it was funny enough well, that I forgive it. Yeah. 
I will say also real quick, the uh, this is one of the best, I think, casts, at least this first season, that I think has been in any television show ever. It's <laughs> yeah, really, it's a great cast. I really think that it's, oh. it's acted so well, and you're really immersed in this kind of universe. I mean, yeah. there were so many. If I if I were just going to watch this in a linear fashion from episode one, two, three, etc., I would be like dying to get to the next episode to have information to know what yep. happens. And yep. I had some theories uh, in in this uh, show. They show like a map and they, they kind of walk into this war room. Once you realize that they're mm-hmm. robots and you're like, okay, these aren't real people being murdered out on the prairie. Where are we? And then they kind of take it into that sci-fi realm. And then you realize, you know, there's something else going on. And there's this massive map in front of um, them kind of um, uh, mocking Jay Hunger Games in a way. Kind of has that mm-hmm. feeling to it, right? And uh, I, but, I'm looking at that map, and then it shows up again later, and it zooms in onto the mm-hmm. town where the big shootout at the end happens. And I'm like, are they miniaturizing people and sticking them into? Like, I had no idea whether this was at a real. Yeah, place that was or a not. really weird. That's a really weird viewpoint of everything going on. It is. That's still, even though I've seen it, that still confused me rewatching it. I will say the uh, Aaron brought up the 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 basement. I think out of all the crazy stuff that happens in that episode, that's the most haunting scene because you just see those hundreds of robots that they leave on. Like they're still like they're just down there. Yeah, And it's cold storage. That's not really cold anymore. It's warming up, too. So, you know, that's going to have a play in there, too. So, yeah, it's definitely a show that's intriguing to me. But because it was so violent and um, rapey. Yeah. The the rape scene really got to me. Yeah. that was one where I was... Is that Ed Harris? Is that the scene you're talking about where he closes the door? Yeah. 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 Or was there... I was trying to remember if there was an actual... Like, they actually physically showed no, something. I, no, I it's remember. not explicit at all. It's just... Yeah. The, the tone just, of it is explicit. That's what's so oh, hard. Oh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. It was... That was rough, well, for sure. But... And Ed Harris yeah. is so... He's... I mean, he's great, but he's very scary. Like, yeah. Because you don't really know what his motivation is. No, yeah. And that was fun to try to figure out as I read about each of these characters mm-hmm. and why they are where they are. Are. So I don't know. I think I would definitely recommend it to people, though. I think this is the kind of show that a lot of people will really enjoy, and I might actually but like to get it into too. the. Oh, I'm sorry. That's oh, okay. I was just saying I might actually really like it uh, also. Like maybe once it wraps up or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. We'll see. I hear you. Um, but to get into the video itself, if that's okay, uh, sure. You're just talking about. Like, because I mean, the idea of what people would do in this scenario, I mean, I think most people probably would go like have sex with hookers. And I just think that would be most people that would pay to go do this. But then you have that one guy talking about he brought his family yeah. to go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. When, when, when I said that this is ripe for sinning, this is what I'm talking about. This park yeah. makes zero sense. Like there's this is the, like from the, you know, family aspect of it. OK, from the death aspect of it. These are not real horses, but they are as if real horses people are going to die riding horses die in the rivers die on the mountains you know like yeah even if the guns can't shoot them um the interference at the end of this episode where he shoots one of the you know the host that's making a big speech or whatever mm-hmm. that would be non-stop at this park people are idiots they would be you know just blowing people's brains out in the street or like you know what i mean like it's just yeah and you talked about too how like it was you know like um i can't even all of a sudden think of the main woman's name now the actress oh the actress uh, that plays dolores is that the younger girl uh she's kind of the main character the blonde yeah 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 but anyways like she's talking to her dad like i mean there's all these scenes where people where the robots are having conversations with each other evan rachel wood is who you're, you're Evan Rachel about. Wood, yeah. yeah 
Or like the James Marsden character, like he's on the train with everybody and then he comes in and has conversations with Andy Newton and stuff. It's like, why would they even be having these conversations I love if they're robots? I, I love the fact that the movie pulls a uh, a twist, uh, who's a host twist on us in the very first episode with James Marsden. Mm-hmm. Even. Like he's coming in on the train. So you assume he's visiting the park. Yeah. And he turns yeah. out all, pretty quickly, you know, he's a host. And mm-hmm. I, but why would he be on that train? It's well, just where he starts his story. The, I mean, there are hosts in the welcoming pavilion, too. Like, there are hosts all oh, over the place. Oh, that's true. Thing. That's so, true. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things. It, it is that part of it is part of why I love this show. And I think I do love this show when it all comes down to it. The the psychological and philosophical exploration of how we exercise the our inner id, you know, like the idea mm-hmm. that we play violent video games because we don't want to be violent in real life or we, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, how far do you take that? And how realistic does it have to be before you start to feel bad for your inner desires, right? Like you're, you know, because there isn't a technical difference between what these people are doing in Westworld and what somebody might do in Grand Theft Auto, right? There's not a technical difference there. They're just, it's more realistic and they're acting it out more. So like, where is that line and why is that line is a really fascinating conversation. Yeah, because you watch this because like, I don't think I'd be able to shoot a robot even if it was a robot because they seem real. Right. You know? Right. To me, consciously, it'd be like I was killing a person. Right. So where is, so why do we have, you know, I just, I find that, you know, as I might say occasionally. And then you have like that guy, the guy that shoots, that shoots the one at the end, you know, that that they just seem like a normal husband and wife that are just looking for something fun to do. And then she's like all excited that he shot the guy and they're getting a picture by the corpse and Uh, oh, it's so weird. What are some (laughs) other things in the, uh, the uh, video that we want to talk about? Uh, We'll let you, Um, we'll let you start Jonathan since Danae and I wrote on it. Yeah, I liked the um, can't tell if it's Minority Report meets Gunsmoke or a Glidden commercial. (laughs) (laughs) We already talked about the fishing. Uh, Oh, you guys talked about the reversing of the image on the reflection shot. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Just you guys caught a lot of interesting things in here. Like you send the elevator panels. Yeah. And like you send the shadows. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I thought was really interesting. Funny funny story got, on the like, shadows. We actually made it through the editing of the video with before realizing that we spelled sun wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, it's S-O-N oh, for the hilarious. longest time. Yeah, we had it as two sons, as in children of someone. You know, like it was like, how did we miss that? It was just one of those crazy things. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Well, there's actually, we, we can talk about the Walking Dead video. There's a huge mistake with the, with the text right at the beginning that I still can't I can't believe we didn't catch isn't it wild yeah. we look at this stuff over uh, and yeah. over again and we're, we're still people but um the uh, I did want to mention too because I mean we are obviously writers but like the uh the sin where you guys were talking about whoever wrote the one about the emotional versus physical wounds uh that was just beautifully written thank yeah. you that was Danae. yeah that was I mean that was like not that we don't always have good writing but I'm just saying that was like you know it's like that was really well thought out and really well written <laughs> yeah, yeah thank you I felt like the judge and my cousin Vinny like that was a very well thought out argument that part is I think it speaks to that uh, what you're talking about Aaron is yeah maybe you can go into a real life video game and you can you know hurt kill uh, maim beings that don't matter like a robot or something like maybe that's something that's going to be real or in a way is real with video games but if mm-hmm. you're really going to be all of a sudden witness to these types of things how are you not going to have like emotional damage from that yeah for sure so that that part really freaked me out because in that <laughs> moment it was that one of the hosts had gone crazy and had murdered a whole bunch of other hosts in front of them in these really gruesome ways 
And so Mm -hmm. those people who went to the park to do whatever they were going to do have now experienced a murder and they were hunkered down in the corner, you know, scared for their lives, which is interesting, too, because they really couldn't have been hurt. But obviously they were wounded. So I just I don't know. I felt like I wanted to address that. And I'm glad it kind of came out well. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. mention that one. What about you, Danae? Um, We've kind of talked about a lot of them. I really liked uh, sending the hole when the elevator opens up and all the water rushes in. And then the room that they're walking into isn't even filled with water. <laughs> so where did it come from? You know, like stuff like that. I, I think the intent, of course, is to show that maybe something is melting down there. Maybe the AC system that they're talking about isn't working. And so mm-hmm. things are melting. And I understand that. But for the water to go into the elevator, it would have had to have been routed that direction, which which just seems and they were all super like normalized by it. Uh, and that yeah, there's like 15 gallons of water that rushes into the elevator and there's no slope there. It's not like there could have been a lake of yeah. 15 gallons of water there. Exactly. Yeah, that really <laughs> that really, really bothered me. Um, some of the other things I really enjoyed pointing out is like it's got to be so expensive to reset these uh, narration loops. How often is that done? That's a question I didn't ask in the script because I might be answered later on in the show. But all the things that they break and the gunshots that are in all the doors as they're shootouts. Yeah, maybe they can fix the robots, but are they also repairing every single thing all the time? And how expensive is that? So, yeah, I'm really curious, like how much a ticket would be. It's kind of like uh, with Jurassic World. A lot of people talked about that, like d- like people figured out the cost it would take to run the park. And it was like it was like 18 million dollars a day or something. <laughs> right. You know, and you're just like, how could you possibly make money? And I, you kind of get that feeling here, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, it just doesn't seem sustainable. But, but yeah, those uh, d- are a couple that stood out to me. What about you, Aaron? Uh, during the editing process, uh, Danae made one of my sins so much better uh, by recommending a word zoom. Uh, and that would be the free the peen uh, sin. <laughs> uh, so that was great. Uh, I appreciated that. And I do believe hashtag free the peen was trending for a while on Twitter. So um, oh, just, nice. you know, doing our oh, job. So famous. You know, I was thinking one other thing I was we we really could have removed some sins on this. And I don't know that we did we remove any in this. Yeah, one? We, Can you remember? Yeah, we removed the Easter eggs. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, the Easter eggs. That's a good thing to remove them for. I was just thinking we could have removed for like Anthony Hopkins performance, which I think is pretty spectacular. This this show really does a lot right. So I, I did want to mention that. Um, and then I have to mention the psycho outtake, which is so perfect that it makes me uh-huh. think that's purposeful. Like it makes me think they watched the end of Psycho and were like, we want to make that the point of our first episode. You know what I mean? Because it's just yeah. it's so perfect from that that speech that she gives at the quote unquote she gives at the end. So um, so yeah, I wanted to mention that as well. And then the you're in a prison. Well, you're the quote from the show. You're in a prison of your own sins was just too uh-huh. perfect not to to go off on at the end. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. I think overall it was a lot of fun. We ready to move on to some more Walking Dead? Yes. Yay. (laughs) The answer is no, but we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Did you watch this one, Danae? Yes. Oh, cool. This one's uh, No Way Out, Dicer Watkins' uh, script. Um, So, yeah. What what do you think about this episode, Jonathan? Uh, This was 
this might be the worst episode we've covered so yeah, far. It's not I did, great. It, and it's the one I watched. Great. <laughs> because well, it was a good video, but it was a, it was easy to send. Uh, but but I guess this is a fan favorite because a lot of people in the comments were talking about how much they liked this episode. I yeah. don't. I mean, love what you love, but I. I have to say, I don't get it. Yeah, I agree. This, is, this just wasn't very interesting to me at all. I think it's all summed up in the the sin where I go over the first 20 minutes of this show, which is, <laughs> and then end it by having the narrator just say, this show is boring because yeah. this episode is so boring. There's nothing going on. And even when well, the zombies show up, they hardly do anything. And I love how we kind of unintentionally in the previous videos build up to certain things because leading into this, we had complained about the skins thing so much, mm-hmm. like where they just put guts on themselves and they just and that's what this whole episode's about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like we just like got up to this episode and now it's like, holy shit, this whole episode is them walking around zombies. <laughs> yeah. And then and then at the end, they end up like killing all of them but then you know like two episodes later i'm sure they 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 get really messed up with like two zombies get near them and they right. can't they don't know what to do about it because that's what this show does it's crazy uh danae what do you think watching this through the video um well you mentioned my favorite sin which was the recap of the show because that actually kind of helped me understand what was not happening <laughs> or <laughs> maybe what, what what was happening i'm right. not sure um but considering this is my first time to ever even really watch walking dead i was confused and all i really got was that there's multiple stories happening and people are trying to survive which you guys have talked about on the show so i kind of already Mm -hmm. knew that but here i am seeing it um i don't remember when this was filmed but the graininess of the film or how it was recorded for tv or something maybe because i had just watched this crisp west world versus this walking (laughs) dead and i i was really struck with i don't know how cheap it was but yeah i was incredibly confused i have no idea who anyone is i have no investment in the story it's clear they don't really you know uh, try to catch you up <laughs> at least well and i, I will mean, tell I you know. it's the kind of show that if you don't watch for a season and then come back and try to watch you'll feel that way no matter what like that's the, interesting like, it's it's weird like that and we not to you know spoil we're still doing walking dead episodes and we're doing one soon that i i stopped watching before it aired and i started that episode yeah, and i was like who are these people <laughs> what is going on <laughs> So you even wrote one of my favorite. Well, that'll be for that episode. But you were one of my favorite sins. And that was what it was based around. Like, yeah. Who are these people? Yeah. So, uh, so I feeling. do. I, I'll pivot into my favorite sins for this one. We've said a lot about Walking Dead, so we don't want to repeat ourselves too mm-hmm. much every week. But um, I, I love the sin about uh, was it like you had a child, right? A husband. And then it was like show makes a mistake of bringing up a better show. I really yeah. like that one, which is yeah. just a nod oh, yeah, that you yeah, guys yeah. have seen it done better before. So that one really stood out to me along with the rest of them. I thought that the video was was fun and great, but it was weird to watch. Yeah. I wanted to mention the uh, the other thing that this video emphasizes with the zombies is, you know, if <clears throat> in the way that it does it in this episode, we talked about it many times before, but the way that it's like zombies are a big deal except when they aren't. And there are times in this episode where people are literally being surrounded by zombies ready to die. Mm-hmm. And then they stop and have like a three or four sentence conversation and a zombie yep. doesn't attack them. And then they, they run away. There are, there are times where they escape just by bouncing off the zombies. You know, it's like zombie pinball. And I'm just like, what is this show? <laughs> <laughs> I had totally forgot Merritt Weaver was in this freaking right? show. Oh, my goodness. She's so I great. I totally forgot that. Yeah. 
Um, and I remember when I watched Unbelievable, I remember looking up her filmography and it showed that she was on the show. I remember that afterwards, but like, I just it was seeing her. I was just like, oh yeah, she was that person. Yeah. I remember and, thinking um, when I saw those episodes that she was a really great actress. Like she put something, you yeah. can tell when somebody kind of really puts their all into it. And so I'm not, I'm not surprised that she's become a huge deal because she was great in I, Marriage Story too. So. Oh yeah. She's, she's awesome. Um, I love that you called Daryl Squawkeye. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was one of my favorite. Just naming somebody, um, the idea that zombies can predict when the momentum is stalling, which is you just kind of talked about yeah. that. I mean, that yeah. seems like this whole episode. Um, and then um, you probably thought I meant to say Rick survives this, but I did not. <laughs> I loved that. That was a good one. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't like The Walking Dead anymore, and yet somehow doing these has made me kind of want to catch up on it just Stop for it. the silliness no. and stupidness of it. Aaron, no, I'm not kidding no. you. No, like, I know you're not kidding, but let me be a friend to you right now and have you go back to listen to the last three episodes of BTS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just watch the YouTube videos. Yeah, that's what I'll probably do. I'll watch I watched like three of those because that was, I mean, I know the narrator is supposed to be pretty ignorant, but like the one you were talking about where we had stopped watching, if I hadn't watched those recaps, I don't, I would just, there. I would have had nothing to grasp onto. Yeah. Because it, you're just like you said, you're just so lost. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It like turns into like this YA Game of Thrones. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, let's move on to uh, SZA and Justin Timberlake, the other side from Music Video Sins. Um, so, Danae, do you have any thoughts from Barrett on this? I do. Although have... Chris wrote on this, right? This was an Atkinson yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think uh, I think Barrett wrote some on right. it. Uh, so, um, but I'm not sure which ones were which, and I don't know that it matters too much. Uh, Barrett said Chris did write most of the JTS's script. It was a delightful one. I kind of like that song, and I have a giant crush on both JT and SZA. I'm surprised Barrett <laughs> didn't say he had a giant boner for him. <laughs> after, that is more of his parlance. After hanging out with him at Sin Week, I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Chris actually he wrote uh, he wrote um, some of his thoughts on the script as well. Do you want me to? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, he said, at first you might think that there's not much to tackle in a video where Justin Timberlake and SZA are singing a song in a disco ball and nothing really changes all that much. But I started thinking about this as if they were trapped in there against their will or at least not knowing how long they'd have to be inside it. And so if you take it that way, nearly every action at that point becomes a new observation. Timberlake tapping on the glass or waving or throwing confetti in the air are all seen in a different light once you make your own reality for them. I think my favorite sin... Sorry, I think my favorite ones I wrote were the confetti one and the SZA microwave one. The idea that the confetti is their waste just adds to the whole imprisonment motif. And then when they stick SZA on a spinning something or other, I was just excited to be afforded the opportunity to point out that she's already hot and there's no reason to put her in a microwave. <laughs> and I stuff that. like that that just makes writing sins so much fun. Yeah. I don't think I had ever seen SZA before uh, or listened to her music before. I wasn't aware of who she was. She she is she's pretty. But I mean, uh, does it feel like to you like the entire video, and maybe this is just my opinion, was SZA's video with Justin in the background? Oh, yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting. That's the way Barrett lists it, too. Like, if you look on the music video sins, it says SZA and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> it doesn't say it, the reverse. Uh, no, I think it's very much, it feels kind of like it's her song. Yeah. Or the video feels like her video, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah. So, 
for context, this is the, supposed to be the big pop song for Trolls World Tour, the movie that is no longer coming to theaters but coming to digital. Well, yeah. Um, oh, so, you know what? I just I just went on and I searched it, and it is says uh, Justin Timberlake on like yeah. the main video too. I yeah. think maybe oh, I well, just that's probably why you did. I, yeah, okay. I had my notes. Maybe that it was Justin's video. So I was super confused. I'm watching it like this isn't Justin's video. He's just like a guest. This is this well, is video. I mean, he did the song for the first Trolls movie. That's that's why I mentioned. He's in it. Trolls. Yeah, that's why I mentioned uh-huh. it for yeah. context. Is the idea that he is in the Trolls movies and his uh, the video? What is it? Can't fight this feeling or can't fight the feeling or whatever. Yeah. It was a huge yeah. pop hit from the first one. So I think there's a gotcha. lot of expectations Ugh. on this one. Uh, Jonathan, you get you don't like this. I think that song's amazing. Is it just no, that it plays no, so much? No, it's fine. Um, you did not have a kid oh. at the prime age of trolls and my daughter that was like her favorite movie for a while and favorite song so i've just i've seen it too many times it's not a terrible movie but you know it's not one you want to watch 50 times no totally um i don't think this song is nearly (laughs) as good as can't fight this feeling Um, i don't think this song's good i i it's definitely pop but the lyrics in this are so stilted it's just like saying words there's no real flow to the sentence structure or anything there's let's go aaron finding deeper (laughs) meaning let's do it wait let's get our let's get the sappy music we gotta get the sappy music oh yeah 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 um but is the grass always greener on the other side i mean that's what we really have to ask here you know I loved the part in the video, not to jump into that, but the part where he um, he said this would fit better on a Dr. Sleep soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> that was yes. really funny. <laughs> well, and, and what's what's really funny is I, wa- I had read the lyrics, which I usually do. I watch the video, I'll read mm. the lyrics, and I'll think about what is this song trying to say before you know I watch the video, and that's and, why. And some... Then you write your blog about it. And right, right. You yes. journal yeah, exactly. about your feelings. Yes. Yes, and then I pray about it. I thought it was weird there were all these pictures of SZA in that in that rap. That was like the entire blog was just that yeah, picture. Yeah, exactly. No, but what's funny is I was like, I was like, okay, so this this is like nonsense words except the chorus, which is basically you know the grass is you know greener on the other side, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, well, that's kind of philosophical. Like, is the grass greener? Like, they really don't do much to explore that at all. And then in the video. They write a sin about the idea of is the grass greener on the other side and laugh. And it was like, just kidding. This is a troll sequel. Come on. Yeah. I was like, oh, that is such a mood for me. That is that is totally me. So oh uh, so I really appreciated that. That was a cool moment, too, because, you know, Jeremy does a lot of those ha 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 moments. And that was one of those. Not that Barrett. I mean, which is really funny because we have those comments, which I don't know, if Danae, if you're going to talk about those. Yes, I will. Where people sit. They yeah, I actually have light, that in the, but, uh, in the comment section for me if we don't get to it by then. Yeah, but I liked hearing Barrett's distinct, like his own version of the ha 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 thing. It was, you know, it's very Barrett mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. it just it fit perfectly with with the with the narration. That was Barrett's one of my been, favorite parts of the Sin uh, Sins video for sure. Yeah. Barrett has been killing it doing the narration for these music video Sins and he gets better every single like you can feel him becoming <laughs> more does. of his own, you know, like character, narrator character. He's finding he's it, he's finding his own voice, which I really love. Yeah. He's become And it's yeah, it's very much just like Jeremy. It's very much a performance cuz he's even got like that kind of like high pitch thing that like Barrett does not have. Right. Um, I don't know how else to explain it other than to say that. I hope that, I mean, but it's good. Like, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, it's like, it's kind of a distinguishing characteristic of that narrator. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything else really about cool. uh, the video you guys wanted to bring up? Yeah, I had a couple things I really loved. One of them was the Goonies reference right at the top of the video. Mm-hmm. I was nice. like, I, I understand that reference. I, um, I know that reference. 
this will the uh his delivery of this will be my masterpiece just how he did that whole section if you haven't watched the video yet i really enjoyed mm-hmm. barrett's delivery um we're all trapped in bubbles trying to make the best of it oh that was great that was so perfect for just where we are in the world right now and mm-hmm. i don't know if that was added late or intentional but that was smart i don't know um, because i think doesn't he parallel it to the uh, can't fight the feeling because in the can't fight the feeling video I they're like outside and dancing and everybody's together but it worked so one, well because we're, we're all in yeah. like quarantine and isolation. So mm-hmm. that was really good. And then, yeah, the, the Barrett laughing. I just really loved hearing him crack up. That was so good. I liked the pommel horse, the uh, disco yes. scene pommel horse. Yes. <laughs> and the Im- implication that Francis Ford Coppola directed the video. Yes. <laughs> it was just so random. Um, yeah. I could steal your comments for later, Aaron, but we'll just come back and discuss it during comment section. Okay, cool. Sure. Um, I had those down, too. Those were the most interesting comments of the week. For, for sure. sure. Uh, the only th- things I did that you guys didn't hit on that I had uh, written down um, was, first of all, this video reminds me of the Jamir- uh, Jamiroquai video. Do you remember that one yeah. where the room was moving around mm-hmm. him and he was dancing? This video really reminded me of that hardcore. With the hat? Yeah, I had the hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I love the sin um, about, you know, well, at least we didn't add uh, wacky effects to this. Kevin, you know, when the heart, the heart came, I thought that was great. That was so great. Uh, so, yeah. So there you go. Uh, says Justin Timberlake, the other side. Uh, let's move into Cinema Sins. Dr. Sleep was the first video of the week. This was a Cher Watkins joint. Barrett and Jonathan wrote I on this one. I am so curious your opinion on this movie because i do not know that i know it okay well i can start then um i think this movie for it my opinion is i think very similar to barrett's if i've understood him correctly uh i loved this movie for about 75 percent of it i okay. I, th- I thought yeah, it was that, really well same. done i thought the yeah. acting was phenomenal there were moments in this movie that really delivered on a like a chill bump level um we don't actually talk about it in the sins video but there's this moment where abra turns the tables on rose in the dreamscape kind of uh, area where you, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you realize that Abra's got the upper hand, not Rose. And it mm-hmm. like, I, I was not ready. Like it, it surprised me. I loved it. It was one of those, Oh man, I can't believe she did that. Like they, this, this movie has <laughs> yeah, those moments. I even, I'm trying to remember if either one of us even, you're talking about the filing cabinets. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember if we even wrote anything in that scene. That's a great scene. It's I don't so know that good. we did. Plus, and it could have been one where we took points off. We took a cent off too. Cause we had a few of those where we had to, we had to, you know, just pick a couple because Rebecca Ferguson's really good. So we knew we had to take one off for yeah. her. I mean, she might be my favorite like horror movie villain in a long time. Um, I, um, I had the conversation with myself, uh, during this video about how far is too far for horror movies to mm-hmm. go when it comes to, uh, the, the murder child of a being child. Murdered? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I watched this movie, I was like, I don't, I think that might be too far. Like I, and, and I don't usually well, say that, but it was just, it, it was the performance <laughs> that that's the thing. The performance was so good. And I was like, yeah. no, this is actually happening in front of me and I can't deal with it. No, I think it's because Trembly. It's it's the way Trimbley plays the scene. Yeah. Um, which if you watch the behind the scenes on that scene, it's pretty interesting. But um, no, he he's a great actor, and I mean, and it's one of those weird moments too, where you because there's somebody in the comments that actually said we should have taken a cent off there, and I'm like for child murder, but um, but I know what he's saying because it, I mean it's a horror movie, so that is a very successful horror movie scene. Yeah. In the sense that it's so effective. But at the same time, you don't really want to watch it. Yeah. So it just kind of depends on how you look at it, I guess. Totally agree. I mean, it's not gory. No, it's worse. 
<laughs> yeah, I agree. It's absolutely worse. I would almost much rather be watching like Saul. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Um so there was that but No, but I I'm I'm with you. Barrett and I are the same. Uh it, I, when we did the mini pod, I think I was a little kinder to the end of the movie, but rewatching it this time, I really it just the movie just grinds to a halt. It's all so it just forced. Be, Everything it yeah. does is to serve to do fan service and it's just not what Absolutely. this movie was for 75 percent of the movie and then the last quarter of the movie is just like fan service fan service yeah. fan service and it's all forced they have to drive halfway across the country to fan service the overlook hotel and it's just like it just made no sense yeah we wrote that sin that was why we had that sin about it's like a greatest hits album from a band that only has like three songs you like yeah. Because uh, it, yeah, it was just like, I mean, there's that one scene where she just walks around the corner and the blood's coming out of the elevator and she just kind of looks at it and goes, huh, and then walks away. That I mean, there's no point to that scene other than, hey, this was a popular scene in the original. Let's show it again. Yeah. Yeah. It kills the <laughs> But movie. there are people that love the ending of this movie. There are people that really love that last hey, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, there, yeah. It's okay. People can be Jeremy wrong. Jeremy Simser, uh, he was telling us this was his favorite movie of 2019 right. by far. Jeremy can be wrong. That's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. People, people all get a chance to be wrong every once in a while. Um, what about you, Danae? I read the spoilers on this one. And I got to the part where it was called The Shine. And I was like, wait a second. That sounds familiar. And then I got, I read this oh. entire thing and I had no idea that it was tied to The Shining until. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Until it got sort of towards the bottom. And then I went back and realized it was in the same universe. And then uh, I I think I read another like little quick, like spoil this for me. Um, so I realized mm-hmm. that the Ewan McGregor's character is the kid from The Shining. And then, then I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. So, but because I, I read everything, I feel like, I just read it before we started the show too. So mm-hmm. it seems like the premise of this movie is that there's people who have these powers and then they kill children for their energy or their like their steam or something like that and uh which great child murder um and then dan has been plagued his whole life and he became you know an alcoholic and this is kind of his coming back to and then helping another young kid who has a superpower out to kind of break free from the evil spirit cycle Mm -hmm. but also this cult at the same time and by the end of reading about it uh there was this line that said something like uh that dan you know kills himself with the spirit so that they can't walk the earth but then there's a bathtub lady at the end and so i was really glad then to watch the sins video and see that that very thing was sinned at the end because i was like (laughs) what was the point of all of this if but i guess like he was so possessed by them all that he himself turned evil and so the only thing he could do was like get rid of it but then if the idea was to also get rid of the spirits um but you know when i was reading it i I didn't really get the same vibe as i did watching the uh, sins video of how convenient dan's knowledge is throughout this whole thing like him knowing about all the, the the true not stuff and Rose and her powers and how it's just like, well, how do you even know all that stuff? Especially if that one ghost who had all the knowledge just went away, the guy that gave him the box or whatever. So yeah, and the, and the, go ahead. No, sorry. go ahead. It just it seemed like there was a lot of interesting conveniences and yeah maybe it just got mm-hmm. lost in that it was trying to do so much fan service at the end it didn't really tie up its own loose strings yeah and tying into what you're saying i think the biggest one of the biggest flaws of the movie is as powerful as the 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 knot 
cult is, they never got a sense of Dan, Danny, when he was a kid. And they're even in the same state at the beginning of the movie when they get the other little girl. Yeah. Um, and so like that, that was a big thing with me that I didn't really get. I have not read this book. Um, I've read the shiny, but I haven't read this. Um, so, and I, and obviously the other interesting thing this movie had to do was it had to be a sequel to the Kubrick film, which is very different in a lot of ways from the book of the shining. For instance, in the book, the shining, the hotel burns. So the hotel's not even there anymore. So they had to change that for the movie when they were adapting the novel, um, which is also part of the, you can kind of see, uh, that's where I think it falls too, because I feel like, like you're saying, they're kind of forcing their hand there. Yeah. They feel like they have to go back to it. And, and, uh, and add to that, and, and, add to that, yeah. they feel like they had to quote unquote fix the shining yep. to match the book. Right. And you can just feel yeah. all of that. You can feel it trying oh, to yeah. do a million things and not succeeding at them. Yeah. When that hotel's burning, like you, you can just picture Stephen King in the theater going like, yes, yeah, <laughs> they finally did it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you but, also uh, you also makes you wonder like what other things that they botch that he's also like, but also no. I mean, yeah, who knows? I mean, he loves. I mean, he 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 always says he loves his stuff, but I mean, he he's making money off of it. I don't blame him, but I, I know he's he's formed a pretty good relationship with Mike Flanagan, and I will say Mike Flanagan's a really good director. I think this movie is direct. I mean, he directs the hell out of this movie, and it's it's really well done. Um, but yeah, child murder's not fun. I think no. I think you meant to say he directs the hell into this movie. I think there you is, go. Is there actually, you go. Uh, actually um, what he does. But they're very the the Ferguson though the 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 not they feel very much like fairy tale villains. Like that's kind of what they feel like. And I, I you know because a lot of most fairy tales is about like kids getting eaten and 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 killed. No, that's true. That's yeah, a good point. So. Um, I'll go into the uh, Sins video itself. I know we have comments from uh, some of the right. I think Barrett uh, commented since he wrote on it. Yep. Um, why don't we hear that first? Why don't we hear from Barrett first? Just in case I don't want to steal anything from him. All right. Here comes Barrett. Barrett, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Hold Danae, your, your, your mic did that weird slowdown thing again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dr. Sleep. Uh, he said, Dr. Sleep, man, I took some shit for praising it so much early on, but that movie is seriously talking great. About. Before the last 30 minutes. But I felt like this movie rammed the original Shining up my ass. Oh, oh I, I guess I should say, too, he said, rammed the original The Shining up my ass. That's I a good that's just I don't know what he took shit from, though. I don't know what he's talking about taking shit. No, I, don't I don't know. I don't have to ask him. I don't know, yeah, but now he has The Shining up his ass, so he's going to have to shit sometime. That's yeah, <laughs> it's true. He's going to shit the that's shine. not comfortable at right all. Right out of his ass. <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed this video. I think it's really well done. Um, I the golden cloaca joke, of course, was phenomenal. The idea that a toad would, you know, cost eighty bucks, uh, kind of thing. Um, the uh, there were a lot of moments in this with some really good observations that I loved. Um, the idea of why are they just realizing that she's using The Shining when she stops using The Shining, I thought was really smart. Yeah. Because I didn't even think of that watching the movie. Like when all the spoons fall, all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know, there's a disturbance in yeah. the force. And it's like, no, the disturbance in the force was when she was putting the spoons on the ceiling, right? Like, you know, she just... Or even yeah. Dan himself not noticing his powers. And people were like, oh, he suppressed it because he was an alcoholic. But that doesn't explain when he was a kid. Right. No, that no, doesn't at all. The other observation I loved is uh, about the pitcher. 
It's like, you know, yeah. it's like this this kid can, you know, read the pitcher's mind even before they they throw it. And just the observation of, yeah, but they're kids and they're not even going to throw it where they want to throw it. Like, even if their brain is telling them where to throw it, it's still not going to go there every time. And we was that the other Cinema Sons video this week where we have the other Houston Astros comment? I mean, that's pretty yes. weird, too. We had yes. two Houston Astros sons. Yes. Uh, yeah, we did, did you guys see in the comments that someone said that the guy who's talking like so when that sin plays i think like six minutes and three seconds i'd have to look at my notes the baseball game the baseball game yeah the guy that's talking in the blue hat is the original dan kid from the yes yeah yeah same actor yeah that's the yeah because he quit acting pretty like i think he did one other movie or something and then he just he kind of disappeared it's like but they found him for this story Um, yeah yeah. Oh, that kid, I saw that kid in something recently, and I looked him up, and he did. He quit acting in like '88. The kid from Neverending Story. Is that what you're talking about? The, yeah. The, well, the girl, the uh, what? What's oh. the princess's name or whatever her name is? The mm-hmm. Empress. Yeah. Uh, she never acted again. And, uh, oh, and then I didn't know that. The, but the little boy quit acting too, Atreo? like right after that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, not the the boy that's reading the story. Oh, Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian. <laughs> but yeah, that's right because she does uh, she does conventions now. I think. Oh, cool. That's yeah. cool. I, I I heard something about the childlike cool. empress. That's her name. I was yeah. gonna say because he shouts her, he gives her a name, right? And but we can't hear it at the end. Isn't that the whole point? Like Moon yeah, Shadow I is think what so. he shouts. Okay. My favorite part in that movie is when Sebastian's like he's like uh, eating a sandwich and he's like, "Oh, I'm still hungry, but I have to save it." I have like I can't remember what he says. Yeah. He's like I have to save it. I have so much story left. <laughs> there was uh, we talked about the Gamork one last week on the show, right? Where we had Sin Week, where I don't think were... we talked about it at Sin Week. I so there I did two, that outtake. Yeah, there were two outtakes in that from Never Ending Story, and I loved them both. Um, <laughs> the one was the Gamork, and that's actually mentioned in the video too. The other one was they seemed like such big strong, strong hands. hands. I love ah. Oh. That movie, actually, man. oh, and going back to Doctor Sleep, I have a funny story actually to tell about sending this. Um, so I got my copy of the movie. He, there's a director's cut and there's a theatrical cut, and they're very different. Like the director's cut is like 40 minutes longer. <laughs> so I got the director's cut, and I was like, I was working on it, and I just for some reason I just decided to text Barrett about because or he was asking me how it was going, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like 30 minutes in, I'm like. Man, he's like, I'm not, I, I didn't know we were doing like the three hour and 10 minute cut or whatever. And then I get a text from him immediately after that. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, no. So I had, Chris accidentally gave me the wrong thing because he had, he had gotten both of them. And, uh, and, uh, so thankfully, like I said, we caught it like I, I was maybe an hour into it when we finally caught it. It was pretty easy to go back, but there was actually a lot of like dialogue and stuff that got cut. Uh, so I did have to get rid of like 20 cents because. <laughs> Those were they were scenes that weren't in uh, weren't in the theatrical cut, which is really interesting. We do have those conversations uh, sometimes, like, you know, which cut of the movie are we doing? But it's it's weird because I never like Barrett and I rarely ever like discuss anything until we're done. So that was just so random that I did that. It's almost like I thought about it. You like have I maybe shine. subconsciously I thought it was wrong. <laughs> That's right. You got the shine. You've got the shine, man. But um as far as the video, I will say though, um, I really liked um the streaming wars overtook the steaming wars and nobody saw it. I think yep. that was my uh, that was my favorite send that I wrote for it. Um I liked the uh, the the when what's his name, the ghost hands the box over to Dan and he's like, No, this box and then there's a college girlfriend joke <laughs> written about it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those where as the sin is being spoken you're like what was that uh, uh, uh. oh 
I also like the pointing out about, uh, so next you're going to go tell the police, right? And what are those conversations yeah. oh, like? that was a big thing. And yeah, we both had stuff about that. Yeah, there that. was like kind of two, two parts of, so are you going to, and what is that conversation like when you call the police? Like, yeah. hey, da, 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 da. And I just like how he, how Jeremy delivers that whole question of, how are you going to explain amazing. that you just went and dug up a kid body and you have nothing to do with it? Because there's this and super And they had power. driven like 24 hours yeah, at that point super too. Because like, they went from like Maine to like Idaho or yeah. something. It was those, crazy. Those were the Iowa. T- you touched on the two big things that my, my sin brain latched onto when I watched this. The, the one being that he's going to look like he's the one that murdered that child i can't believe nobody like sure you just knew about it and just knew where the body was buried and the second was all the destruction in his room is never noticed by his landlord who was obviously very (laughs) concerned like (laughs) yeah because there's that whole weird scene at the beginning where she's like you better not do anything yeah and he lived there for like eight years or whatever five years or whatever it was yeah and the combination Um, of those two things actually and the fact that like that's another indication that he's probably lost his mind and murdered this child is he's got you know baseball boy and murder on his you know blackboard yeah like i had a landlady like that uh my roommate decided to throw darts in the wall and uh yeah i thought she was gonna kill us when we moved out it was it was awful uh Uh, i love the one too where barrett wrote where it was dick say hello to doc doc dick (laughs) yes you know and um dick and doc should have a tiktok that's what i think there you go hell yeah and then I loved the bit too where he, uh, I love the way Jeremy read this when he drops the weapon when he walks into the hotel and Jeremy's like, I won't be needing this anymore. <laughs> uh, very good stuff. Uh, let's move on to Gemini Man, or is it Jiminy Man? Uh, maybe if NASA produced it. Uh, this was. Yeah, a, we've all seen this movie. Uh, this was a uh, Dicer Scott joint. Uh, myself and Jeremy wrote on this. And yeah, we actually watched yeah. this together uh, in Nashville. In uh, in pristine 60 FPS 3D. Uh, yeah, we did at the time. So yeah, we've all seen this. Uh, so Danae, well, how are yeah. your thoughts on this movie now? After you know, kind of having seen it a while back. Uh, forgettable. You know, I I, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, they're sitting all the stuff that I remember being bothered by whenever I watched the movie. But now it's so much more interesting because I get to hear the delivery of the sense, mm-hmm. like the whole buttermilk Alabama thing, like you know. Because in case you confuse this for buttermilk, which is delicious. Oh, that was my favorite. <laughs> I, I Those love were fun the- running gags. Uh, that was also with the uh, Budapest. No thanks, I just ate. Uh, yeah, which yeah, yeah, that's fun. So stuff. I'm sorry, this was you and Jeremy. Aaron? Yeah, is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah, I, I I remember the movie because we just watched it pretty recently. Um, yeah. It was interesting too, just seeing the CGI on uh, YouTube instead of seeing it in that crisp, clear way in the theater. Uh, I don't know that it stood out any different to me, but maybe because I experienced it in the theater in that, you know, that what was it called? What was the type of high frame rate HFR? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But that was interesting because Jeremy was talking about he couldn't see stuff. We had this conversation at Sun Week when he was talking about it. I'm like, I don't remember that issue in the theater. <laughs> like I remember seeing everything really well, but when you watch it in this video, it's like, Oh yeah, you can't see crap. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the difference. Um I don't know how much the frame rate has to do with that, but Well we talked um, about it or a little maybe bit. I just on uh, last week's episode and we had somebody who um dexter actually if you remember dexter uh came up Mm -hmm. and was like i guess he works with audio visual tech like in his sounds Mm -hmm. like home systems and stuff yeah 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 and he was mentioned he he told me why that is why it looks brighter when you do high frame rate does he have a laboratory 
Dexter's lab probably exists. Yes, I'm sure yeah. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that show so much. My wife and I used to watch that a lot when we first started dating because that's what it was on. Um, what about you, Jonathan? How do you how are you feeling about Jim and I Man these days? Uh, just the movie itself. Yeah. I mean, I haven't rewatched the movie. Um, this video did not make me want to rewatch the movie. I forgot how terrible that CG looked at the end of the oh, movie, though. So My bad. God. I hadn't forgotten that. I was actually really <laughs> looking forward to seeing it I don't again. remember it looking good, but it I did bad. not remember it looking like that. <laughs> yeah, it was not great. <laughs> oh, my God. And that might have had something to do with the frame rate, too, not being there. You know, but um, yeah, that's... Oh, that's so bad. Um, I don't know. I just didn't find this movie very interesting. I thought it was kind of... There's the sin in there, too, that you guys had about I could have written this script after watching the trailer or whatever, you know, and uh, I agree. Like, they just don't really do anything interesting with the premise. It's all pretty generic and everybody just like, you know, Clive Owen feels like you could just throw a twirly mustache on him and he would just be like an old wet Wild West villain. And I I don't know. It's Will Smith is fine. And um, and I always love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I I love the actors, but um, it's just not a very interesting movie, in my opinion. Well, Jeremy did write in and, and has some opinions. Do you mean to read Jeremy's before you talk, Aaron, or vice versa? Well, let's let's see. I think he expressed this even last week, how much he hates mm-hmm. this movie. So let's hear what he had to say about how much he hates Gemini Man. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, I don't think he uses the word hate at all. Oh. I know. I'm shocked. I don't think he liked the Prince Ali number, though. He was <laughs> pretty right. upset yes. about that. <laughs> Uh, he said Gemini Man is one of his favorite sins videos in a long time. <laughs> yeah, That's, I love this video. We had so much fun. The movie's biggest sin, though, is wasting a cool concept with such a bland and by number story. Apparently, the high frame rate version fixes some of the visual issues, but the regular version I saw was much too dark and young Will almost never looked real. I googled a bit for the sin about Will riding a motorcycle to find out how many movies he's done that in, and I also (laughs) researched a bit about the SEAL Team 6 headquarters. Hi, FBI! For the sin I wrote about the huge Gemini on the side of the Secret Project's headquarters. So he had a good time writing this one. And that's always fun when you have a good time writing sins. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We had a blast writing this one. What did you guys think of the the video? What are some of your favorite parts? I had so many. um, And again, I think I really liked this one because it's one that I'd watched. We'd already talked about. And then going back and hearing you guys send the things that I'm remembering, for example, is like, you know, cancel the, uh, you know, shooting on the train because of civilians, but the train is filled with civilians. So what's any different? I love the take on uh, removing five sins for bees while drowning. And then, <laughs> and then when the, the uh, ships meet uh, and, and then it's like drowning in bees, just yes. kind of that little run on gag. Um, the crackers, eating the crackers while sinning. He was doing that as I was realizing I was really hungry. And so it was, I had to stop watching it and go get a snack. <laughs> I thought that was just really funny. <laughs> That's <timing. funny. laughs> With him he going, nailed like, that Just make me more likable. Yeah. yeah it was so good. Yeah. Did he really put crackers in his mouth? I don't though? think I mean, so. It sounded like he did. He did a great job whether he did or not. <laughs> uh, the interstellar That was my instruction in the script. My instruction in the script was eat some crackers. So we'll just That's that so clear. funny. Yeah. Uh, everything else. I mean, there's other stuff that I could point out. You guys did such a great job of just pointing things out, like the bullet going, the last bullet that isn't supposed to penetrate anything, but the neck going through front of helmet, skull, brain, mm-hmm. back of skull, back of helmet, next helmet, like <laughs> yeah. just 
the whole thing I really enjoyed. I had a really good time. Yeah. Um, anytime you get to say Oscar winning film Suicide Squad, it's <laughs> hilarious to me. Like that will never not be funny. Um, um, I we I loved the um, part where they're. T- I don't remember what the dialogue is specifically, but it's something about getting your ass kicked on two different continents, and yep. the sin is you've never seen Rocky Four. Yep. Yeah. Um, Houston Astros, I'm looking in your direction. That was a really funny one. And then uh, the idea of the lawnmower man fucking Polar Express was very, <laughs> very, very funny. I mean, those are two very super creepy movies. Do you like Polar Express? Either one of you? I like. Have you seen it? I, I like the idea of Polar Express. Oh God, have uh, you seen it, Danae? Yeah, it's terrible. I can't it's watch so it. So creepy. I can't watch it. It's really. I think bad. Monster House was a much better version of that animation. Agree. I would agree with yeah. that. Um, yeah, there's so much foreshadowing in this movie, and uh, we both wrote uh, several sins on the bee and drowning foreshadowing. Uh, and, <laughs> and you're right, Danae. The his his sin where uh, where he where they're like it's like the Hindenburg crashed into the Titanic, and then he just says <laughs> while drowning in bees. In bees. <laughs> it's just so great. Well, then I like how you just randomly mentioned. There's a lot of good running jokes in this because you eventually you mentioned the Hindenburg fighting the Titanic at yeah. one point. You know, yeah. you come back to that. Um, the uh, the idea that he has built-in GPS, but they installed one in the boat anyway, uh, just kind of, you know, blew my mind. The idea that um, a person who has severe allergies to bees doesn't carry an EpiPen uh, is a huge hole in the movie. Uh, and the <laughs> fact that, that they, they both are severely allergic to bees because they're the same person, and neither one of them mentions maybe do it in the leg because that's how it, you're supposed to do it, uh, that they put it in his shoulder, which is going to take a lot longer to get to the bloodstream. Um, mm-hmm. I found that interesting. Uh, and then I had to uh, bring up the uh, the phrase symbolism, embolism. I uh, love that. Af- after mm-hmm. the mirrors. I wrote that, that down. Me. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, yeah, I agree with Jeremy. This was a really fun one. Um, the last time I remember having this much fun writing and then reviewing uh, Sin's video I wrote on was the Skyscraper video. Those are the two of my favorite experiences. So Yeah, that was one where I could wa- I was listening to that going, oh, Aaron's having a really good time doing this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's still the, this. That's my favorite segment of this works. Like that's still amazing that all that worked out so well in that video. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs, so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I I talk, wow. Is this how Aaron feels when we're? 
I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. Uh, all right, let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're going to each tell a story from putting together the content for the week. Maybe a Google search, maybe some strange research, uh, maybe a deleted sin, whatever the case may be. Um, Danae, you're going to start. Yeah, I, I, I forgot to write down my keeping tabs for Westworld. But suffice it to say, I read probably two and a half hours of content because I wanted to know more and more and more about the characters and what happens with them. And I just just, watched the show. I'm just saying. It was easier. (laughs) Two hours versus all the time invested in watching the show. True. You know, it's, it's not, it says some people might think it's a waste of time, but for me, it's more time economy. I think Yeah. I just, I really, I mean, you'd be done in like 20 hours. No. <laughs> nah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I love fan sites. I have such an appreciation for people who work on fan sites, go to mm-hmm. Wikipedia and write things, or even do like recap videos or the podcast. There's just so much content out there, and you know that a show is good when there's so much. And Westworld is certainly one of them. Uh, so I don't know that I had something like particularly fun that I researched. I guess I could say I did have a sin cut in the script that was interesting because I predicted at the beginning that there would be some kind of an awakening with the fly swat by the end. And my sin was if someone doesn't swat a fly because they're becoming like conscious, the show Mm -hmm. is crap. And then by the end, she does swat her neck and she has such a little smug look on her face. And so I gave a sin back, I think, in my uh, script proposal for this one and reading about all these little nuances and things and, and who's awake and how they're awake and all this stuff is it was just super fascinating so I, I went down a very very deep tunnel and I loved it yeah you know it's that fly thing is interesting because in the comments people were saying no 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 the flies are real flies and I was like yeah we know that I don't remember <laughs> I think it was I a actually- joke it was I a joke did. when we were talking about them being robots to crawl to the eyes. You well, know, kind I don't of thing. know. I know that I also wrote one in there about the flies being robots uh, and wondering about that, which, you know, we, we didn't keep in for good reason because mm-hmm. I didn't realize like how much of this is in a controlled environment. Uh, right. I had to ask to find out if they were actually out in the real world and how that even works, which is still freaking mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. So and I didn't get into deep enough research to figure out uh, where they are on planet Earth? Are well, on that's Earth? there's we some know. debate. There's some debate that it's it's yeah. own planet, and yeah. you know that. But this park would never work. I mean, it just wouldn't. I mean, there's. I mean, I think you just kind of have to go. Eh, that's fine. And then, but where I'm are all just the cameras? Go with and how do they know? Like, how yeah. do they know? It's like they... Jurassic World. That that park would never work either. There's no way. Yeah. Well, it's I will say, a... I will say, in season three, you do get some of those answers in the first uh, episode. So, cool. So they're in space. Is so, what you're telling yeah. us. So, uh, so they're on an they're asteroid. On Pluto. <laughs> All they of this is happening Pluto. in a simulation, and it's just one person's dream that they just can't get out of. Bob Newhart's going to wake mind. up, yeah. and uh, yeah. it's going to. Oh my dream. god, that would be that. They need to do that. Somebody <laughs> needs to do that. 
Wait, somebody did do that. I think I somebody think. did. I don't remember what show did it, but that would be amazing. Like, yeah, then you end up being Bob Newhart's other dream. Oh, every yeah, what I just I love the idea that every TV show is actually just a dream that Bob Newhart is having. That's I think funny. that's uh, that would be a beautiful world. Uh, what um, about you, Jonathan? I didn't look up anything too interesting. I did look up. I was trying to figure out how much a toad would cost in 1980. <laughs> that's hilarious. There is a huh? That is hilarious. <laughs> There's a scene which we end up, it did make like the first cut, but then I think we got rid of it. But there's a scene in Doctor Sleep where it's one of our favorite types of scenes is the Sins where it, Sins Rider where it goes on like a bulletin board when they're at the beach and it's like in 1980, it's at the beginning. There's just all these different things on there. And there was just this one thing I noticed where it said like, uh, how much was it? Oh, it said you could buy a small toad for $24.99 and to like call these people. And I was like, twenty four ninety nine. That just seemed like a lot for a toad in nineteen eighty, <laughs> which because that would be like seventy eight dollars today. Well, you're forgetting and about I, the uh, the great toad shortage of the eighties. Yeah, uh, yeah. of nineteen eighty in the, Florida. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, oh, they're in Florida. Like you could just like you could find a toad for free, no matter where you were. You're in freaking Florida. Um, Get a lizard. You'll be fine. There you go. But I didn't find anything definitive, but I still don't believe that you would have to spend like on somebody selling a small toad on a bulletin board. I'm just not buying that that kid sold very many toads because $24.99 seemed like a lot. I did find out there's this species called the honey toad that apparently is really sought out and a lot of people have to buy them on the black market, Hmm. which is really weird because it's a freaking toad. (laughs) But... um. But I couldn't get a definitive answer, so I think that's partly why we got rid of the set, yeah. because I couldn't really prove it. But I did, I spent like 25, 30 minutes trying to find out what the hell's going on with Toads in 1980. It's so, it's so wild, the things we spend an hour on. You know what I mean? I Writing a script, and you break for like 30 minutes to an hour to research something <laughs> so stupid. Uh, and, and it's in a two and a half hour movie. Like, I'm already having to spend like right. eight hours on this movie, and I'm wasting like 30 minutes So this then that we're probably not even going to use. This is my keeping tabs. But it's... Um, I, I broke for about 30 minutes to research, uh, I versus me, uh, and when you use either one of them. And I was so glad to see that there were people in the comments that were commenting on this, um, because he says, uh, no one respects him more than me. And then she says, I, like she corrects him. And so then the sin (laughs) is Teresa would be better at cinema sins than me. You making the same mistake that mm-hmm. the you know the person rather than saying that I and most people would tell you that that is correct that it should be I there because if you put I at the beginning I would be better at cinema sins or you know I know you know I respect him more but there is a difference with whether something is in a conjunction at the end of a sentence that actually makes it more um, normalized to say me than I. So he's actually using it correctly. No one respects him more than me is actually technically, according to some grammar and by the way, of course, they're disagreeing on this, but that that's actually okay to use me in that, that case. If he would say, um, you know, she and me don't respect him. Well, that's, you know, that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. No, this is garbage. No, you're right. That's wrong. I'm sorry. Like I had the same issue when I did, I did a sin on something where it was like, somebody said you did good. And I was like, you mean, well, and then I had a bunch of people try to tell me, well, no, in that situation, you can use good. I think what it is, is we're idiots. (laughs) And eventually there are certain grammar things that have just been changed because People just refuse to say it correctly. It's um, just like words get added to the dictionary that like ain't in the dictionary. Yeah, you know? I think uh, you. 
You know, I, I listen to this amazing podcast called Lexicon Valley, and it's all about mm-hmm. language and words. And oh, I'll and check that out. He is very much a um, he. He drops his pride about all of this and basically says, look, language is going to be what it is. We have to quit talking about correct language and incorrect language. We have to just start talking about how people speak. And if they're communicating to you in a way that you understand, then they're communicating well. They're doing a good job. They're they're doing a well job. (laughs) Well, well, dude. So so that is where I live as well, too. Um, But I just I find these kind of debates fascinating because I think you do want you want to sound um, educated. You want to sound mm-hmm. like you care about how you use your words, but at the same time, you're just communicating. Um, but yeah, there were some really good comments on that uh, that talk about the idea of a subordinate clause and pronouns and verbs and how they all work together. And at the end of the day, as long as you say GIF, we're, we're good. You know, oh that's... my gosh. <laughs> I don't think people realize how much we we go over grammar, though, on these. Like, I mean, some of it doesn't matter because the narrator is creating his own words at times. But as far as like just punctuation even and stuff like that, like we because that changes a lot of what the way the narrator will say it, things like that. And um, we actually do spend a lot of time on that. We do. And, uh, we want to get we it quote unquote right. But we do. <laughs> yeah. And at we the try. same time, at the same time, yeah. we will invent totally new verbal constructs. You know what I mean? That exactly. Nobody says because we want the narrator yeah. to say it I, that way. My Microsoft Word is so jacked up because I just always add the dictionary. So I can't even imagine what my Microsoft Word dictionary is. It's got the craziest <laughs> like verbiage in there. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, so anyhow, talk how you want, uh, just as long as you're sure. communicating well. Uh, let's move on to the comment section. I, know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to take a look at the comments from the week's videos and pull something out that we want to talk about. Jonathan, why don't you start this one? Uh, let's see. We talked about the doctor's sleep, the child murder thing. I still think that's crazy. I, I just, I'm just like in awe that somebody was like, "You should have taken a cent off for child murder." <laughs> like a, <laughs> but you can understand what they're saying. You know, it's a very effective scene. Right. I get it. It's a we and we actually that scene. Um, I don't think I removed a sin, but I did write something there. And then maybe Barrett did too. And then we basically decided just to leave it alone. Yeah. Um, There's like that one little bit before it goes into it. Like, this is a horrible scene. But other than that, we decided to leave it alone. But I will say that, uh, let's see, what was the one? Oh, I'll talk about this one. So this is from um, this is from somebody on The Walking Dead. I just thought this was kind of interesting. It was a DK Black said, Funny how Carl received two potentially lethal gunshot wounds and survived each time, despite the fact that he couldn't be hospitalized and never had a real doctor take care of him, which is very true. Yeah. And then he said one other thing. Seeing Glenn for a moment in this video reminds me of just how much I miss him. <laughs> so I wonder if he appreciates how much we've been uh, making fun of his death. <laughs> Wasn't this the like one at for, the beginning where the guy says, that's... usually we start off by uh, killing one of you right off the bat? Like when yeah. the character says that. And I think we send was like, hey, leave the bat pun, bat foreshadowing to us. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Danae? Um, mine are solely around the music video sins. I really, really enjoyed going into uh, <laughs> yeah. the comment section of the music video sins this week because people continue to try to figure out who the narrator is or if Jeremy is sick or they're like, 
And so uh, there was a couple of uh, comments that people made, and I actually copied them over for us to enjoy on our Slack channel uh, for yeah. for our work because I I think misconceptions are really sometimes fun. And so after that conversation, some of the stuff might make it into a script just to kind of keep the crazy going, which I also love. So but, Vanessa said, "Oh, go ahead." Well, I was going to say, but at the same time, I think what's valuable about this podcast is the fact that we can kind of set the record straight too, because I don't want people yeah. believing things that aren't true and then down no. the line being like oh they what? said it was this and yeah how can you think that barrett and jeremy sound the same well that's true I, as that's well that's the one that that's the one that they, i we know them yeah. so that's true I, i'm sure that but I, I just i don't get that no yeah. but you know when i first started but if you're wanting if you're thinking you're gonna hear jeremy i, I guess had a hard time when i first started with you guys i'm hearing. not i'm not gonna lie i kind of relate a little bit I was uh, there was a there's a similarity between the voices it's it's now it's really clear that they're very different yeah. but even Chris's voice sometimes will sound similar to me so when I first started listening to the syncast I couldn't figure out which one was Jeremy which one was Chris and which one was Barrett ah, Isn't gotcha. that weird? well it's, it's not the- it's not weird when you take away the visual cues because yeah. that's something you forget when people are just listening to voices and they don't have visual reference then the voices can sound very similar. But once you have visual reference, it's very easy. Once you put a face on the voice, it becomes yeah, a lot true. easier to tell people apart. So. Uh, Vanessa wrote, why does this sound like someone doing a CinemaSense Jeremy impersonation? It doesn't sound like him. <laughs> and then Nathan says, I think it's his brother. <laughs> Which and, is great. And then Abina says, it's Barrett. He's been writing Sins on the channel for years, but only recently got promoted to narrator. <laughs> I guess that's true. I don't know why we're laughing. I mean, you know, I guess the idea that it's a promotion would be kind of funny. Yeah. And then Obina. This makes me think like he was in the mailroom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Obina also responds to it being the brother and says, oh, no wonder they sound so similar. Uh, And and that went on uh, for some time. Okay. So fact check number one. They are not brothers. They are not related. Okay. Nope. Uh, I mean, are we sure? (laughs) It, it does seem like a bit of a promotion to go into the narration sphere, though. Sure. Yeah. So yes. I, I understand yeah. that one. But it's just funny to I think mean, about, like... We, we've talked promotion. about that, too, right? I mean, Jeremy's been pretty vocal about that on Twitter, that it, it he, he does a lot. And it's just kind of one of those things that eventually, especially if we're going to have, like, more videos or more channels or whatever we decide to do down the road, these are just things that, I mean, just logistically are going to have to happen. Yeah, yeah. and that kind of plays into the one that I wanted to read, Danae, and if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and, yeah. and read that one. It may be oh, on please, your list. Please, please tell me that you're going to talk about what Wackamack said. Uh, I actually don't have who said it. Um, okay. Part part of this is is kind of based in reality, but it says Jeremy, Jeremy, the narrator you're thinking of, is taking a small step back to deal with some personal stuff and lighten his workload oh. a bit. This I'm not 100 percent sure about the details, but I know it at least has something to do with the tornadoes that went through Nashville a yeah. short while back. The new yeah. narrator is called Barrett, one of the Sins writing team. Fact check, that is true. Uh, in fact, Barrett is one who writes basically all the music video Sin scripts. He also wrote and narrated all the music from behind videos on the channel. That's all true. You can find all this out on the CinemaSins podcast if you like that sort of thing. I definitely recommend checking it out. It's called Sincast, and it's brilliant. That is also true. And worth checking out the Behind the Sins podcast, which yeah. is also good. Thanks for the shout-out. Um, Jeremy saying- actually got taken away by a tornado. He's not here anymore. Well, this, Sorry, is, this is why I think it's important 
to actually clear the air. Jeremy is fine. Yes, he had oh, tweet, yeah. he had tweeted around the same time that there was some personal stuff going on that mm-hmm. he needed to deal with. That's fine. He, that was you know all private. Yeah, and, you and know. that happened to be the day that the tornadoes hit Nashville. And, then, yeah. and so like the next day, I think a lot of people that was the first thing they saw because I think that was the last thing he tweeted. But I think um, we have to say. Those things are completely unrelated. That this yes. this is a decision about workflow. This is a decision about the amount of work that is on Jeremy and that he has to do. And he would love to be able to narrate everything. We all would love to hear his voice on everything. You know, we we get that. We think he's great too. Um, but if we're going to continue to do fun new stuff. We're going to have to figure some things out. And so we're, we're kind of tiptoeing into that and figuring out what does that look like? What does that sound like? And so Barrett's kind of the first piece of yeah. that, you know, taking over narration for music video since. Well, and he had already done, you know, he had already done narration for music from behind. Right. So that made the most sense to kind of let him take the reins, I guess. The other one I've heard initially people say, and Danae, I don't know if you have any more comments that you wanted to read, but um, the other one I've heard people say is that it's just for a short time. That's not necessarily true either. Like, you know, that obviously we can change things up and, and do what yeah. we need to do as we figure things out. But I also don't want people thinking, oh, it's just going to be a couple videos and then Jeremy will be back when that may not be the case. So, you know, I think it's, I just think it's important to kind of, actually clear the air on kind of fact check some of that stuff just so you're not expecting and i know not everybody listens to this podcast either so there mm-hmm. still will be plenty of misunderstanding in the comments but at least you who does listen to this podcast you have the you know correct you information. Know. <laughs> no i think i think it's important to talk about it too uh, i agree thank you guys for going into the comment section and trying to clarify and you yeah, know give, totally. give barrett a shout out it's something that obviously you guys know about but yeah, it has nothing to do with the coronavirus or a tornado or anything personal. It really is about workflow. And by the way, because I don't know that we've talked about on this, but like the day after the tornadoes, the amount of you that reached out to us. I mean, I had to like, hey, are you guys OK? Because there's like 800 people asking if you're OK uh, was just so nice. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that you guys I mean, and all of us were fine. None of us were affected yeah. personally or, you know, physically. Yeah. Uh, in the sense crew, thankfully. But there were a lot of people here affected, obviously. But um, but yeah, no, that was that was unreal. That's just the amount of kindness that spewed forth from everybody, making sure we were good. Yeah. So, yeah, we appreciate it. We have we have the best fans. Yeah, I think that is like, not that is the, not just something I say. The vibe that you're getting at, I think, is that for the comments that we read, uh, who Barrett is was more of an informational thing, not mm-hmm. a hate thing, and we love to see that. I mean, not everybody like like Aaron was saying. People might be like, "Oh, I miss Jeremy," and that's fine. It's fine to miss a voice that we all uh, really enjoy. It is normal, but you know what? In a little while, Barrett's voice will be normal too, and I really am enjoying <laughs> his. Not right dewa- now. Though. Yeah, not Let's right now. Clear. Right, now, it's right now, we're loving Barrett's abnormal voice. <laughs> I'm kidding. I think he's really doing a great job. Does anybody know? We don't know. The only other comment that uh, that I had was a very simple one from the Westworld video, and it was one that several people made that tickled me because I like the show. Uh, and it was basically this: C's video doesn't look like anything to me, uh, which I really <laughs> loved uh, and uh, and enjoyed. So thank you for that. I love how smart and funny our fans are. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a question for the comment section this time around. Uh, this came to us from Metzcast. Uh, says, podcast question. One of my favorite robot chicken jokes is a TV service called Just the Good Parts. 
And one of the movies they show is the 2005 King Kong, and the only good part are the credits. And that is so funny to me. With that said, what movie do you say the best part are when the credits roll because it's finally over? Um, Love Actually. And And if you want to know why. You can take this a few different ways, right? You could take this like, what's your least favorite movie? Um, You know, that'd be one way to take it. I actually, though, it was a really interesting question because when we did the podcast for the movie The Turning, which came out like in January, I think, of 2020, uh, it was this really terrible horror movie. It was a it was a new take on uh, the Henry James novel Turn of the Screw. Um, it is a horrendous film. Like it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like at least theatrical releases, and it literally has no ending. Like Chris even described that it. it's like it's like it just hits a brick wall. But it has these really cool closing credits <laughs> like they're over this. Um, it's like this indoor pool that has like no water in it. And it's just like the back of somebody. And then it starts going over like this wallpaper and stuff. And there's like this really cool score that sounds kind of like uh, like if any of you have ever watched like 70s Italian horror, like Dario Argento, like Suspira and stuff like that. Like it's that kind of score. It's that kind of haunting music. And it's just these really cool credits that come after uh, like 90 minutes of just torture to watch, to sit through. So that's, that's my answer. Yeah, I yeah, kind of went, went the same direction, uh, Jonathan, and kind of turned the question mm-hmm. on its head a little bit. Um, I, I, you know, there are plenty. You could answer this question with the, you know, what's the worst movie I've ever seen, right? Because that's kind Love of the actually. idea. Well, actually, actually yeah. yes, of course, of course. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was thinking of like actual credits that I loved. And the first thing that came to me, to mind for me were, uh, the Jackie Chan movies. Um, the credits in the Jackie Chan movies, if you don't know, have all the stunts that went wrong during his movies. And that's a good one. And Jack, Jackie Chan is notorious for doing all his own stunt work. And in some of these credits, he's like breaking bones and like, I mean, like it's, it's pretty incredible. Like you watch this and you go, oh my goodness, he really jumped yeah. from that roof to that balcony three stories down, 20 feet away. That really happened. Um, so there's. And he like hits his head. Yeah. And like, I can't believe oh, he's still it's alive. Horrible. It's honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's stuff when he, when he made his transition to American films, he couldn't do that anymore because we have regulations on, you yeah. know, the, what. So they did bloopers. Yeah, exactly. But then that's the other part of it, right? Is there are some movies that do gag reels, which I think are really funny too during the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites being Monsters Inc. and uh, some of the Pixar movies when they did like the fake get you know gag reels and bloopers because obviously they had to write them and make them them themselves but i think the correct answer to this question for me in both the fact that the movie is awful but the credits are hilarious is a little film called hot pursuit do you remember hot pursuit (laughs) is that the renee zellweger i think it's reese witherspoon or reese witherspoon and sophia vergara right yes it's sophia i've never seen it i've never seen it witherspoon and it is horrible it is an awful movie, and it is one of those movies where I'm like, just fast forward to the credits and watch the hilarious credits. So this that. is a good movie, but my favorite uh, in credits gag reel though is Liar Liar. Oh you yeah, remember this? Oh yeah, where there's that scene where it's him and Sluzy Kurtz, and they're calling each other names or yeah, whatever, and yeah. then she calls him over actor, <laughs> over actor, <laughs> and then she's like, "They made me do it." That's <laughs> and great. And he's just dying that laughing. Is the, that is the single best blooper uh, that I that I can remember. That's a great call. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. so great. 
That's amazing. And that's actually a good movie. So yes, it is. You know. uh, what do you got, Danae? All right, Love Actually. Is that your answer? Oh, I, I love Actually. That's it. <laughs> that's legitimately what I came prepared to talk about. I've already talked about it. Listen to last week's episode. That's. I was so glad it was over, and it's horrible. <laughs> Uh, so I interpreted I interpreted the question a little bit differently, and that's okay. You interpreted it correctly. That is exactly what he's asking. I don't know. Well, yeah. I like your guys's. I like your guys's interpretation. Yeah. So well, we all pick bad movies, though. Or but, but movies that was we think are bad. Super, super great question. Yeah, we love it. Uh, if you want to hit us up with a question, you can hit us up on Twitter at CinemasinsBTS or email us at one of a million different email addresses. <laughs> Uh, but uh, probably <laughs> BTS at CinemaSins.com is probably the easiest way to go. What do you think of the credits? <laughs> yeah. oh, What's your it. favorite credit movie at CinemaSins.com? No, no, no. You got you to pick one. You got to pick one because then I have to make it, you guys. All right. Just you got to pick one at CinemaSins.com. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Today's drinking wine right now, too, so there's no time. Vote for which happen. email address you want at uh, vote for which one you want to pick. Is I want to really say wine? that looks like brandy or something. I just want to like, say for the record, I did not make any of those emails. If you try to email, you'll be disappointed. <laughs> so you can forward them to Aaron at cinemasins.com. <laughs> Simple. That's an easy one. Uh, all right. Let's move on to Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're each going to take a look at something uh, else in pop culture that we want you to know about. And Danae, you go first. It's a game. It's a game. We're it's all game. bored and we're home and we're looking for things to do. No, legit. Uh, I'm really excited about being able to dig into more games, especially since I feel a newfound resurgence that it's more important than ever to bring something of quality to your home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I found one called Super Starfish. This is a super simple game and it's a little it's a little cheesy. There's some stuff about it I don't like, but um, the graphics are really, really pretty. And all you have to do is drag your finger left or right across your screen and avoid comets and asteroids and crystals and everything while trying to collect stars. And, um, you know, there's an element of the game that's a little bit annoying. For example, you can acquire things that you can then plant and then you have like a little environment that's kind of growing. You collect different types of fish. So I've got like two different styles of fish and a turtle. And they each leave these different trails as they're flying through space. And that's really the prettiest part of it. And because it's a simple game and it's mindless, there's just been a few times in the past week, I don't know about you, where I've needed to do something completely mindless, not have to think about it at all. And mm -hmm. a game like this is one of those where this is a simple game. All did you, have you to purchase do is... a toad? Like, I did not just purchase curious. a toad. Oh, if I if okay. it does become an option, I'll let you know. And it might <laughs> it might be twenty four ninety five. It's called Super Starfish. And the icon, nice. at least on the Android version, is like this glowing crab with like a green hat on for uh St. Patrick's Day. Um I I rarely keep games like this for long because there's not a lot of excitement but what's interesting about it is whatever fish or character that you choose to take with you to avoid the asteroids there's different goals they give you like uh getting 300 combos in a row and then you get a reward or um there's just these different things that they do so they're changing it up mm -hmm. and, and every day they have a new goal for each individual fish and so if you get more fish then you can have more goals i don't know that i'm gonna try to max this game out and like 
play it to the nines, but it's super pretty. I really am impressed with the swirling effect they've got going on. It's real psychedelic looking. So that's my that's recommendation cool. this week. Uh, super yeah, starfish. I have, a, I have a game question. Up until this week, I have never heard of Animal Crossing, and now it feels like <laughs> nothing else in this world exists except this fucking game. What is Animal Crossing? Have you guys played this? Oh, yes. Uh, Let me tell you. Uh, my son got the last copy at our local GameStop this week, so he was... Why, why is really this so cool. popular? Animal I didn't Crossing? know the Nintendo Switch was that popular. Uh, oh, the Switch is very popular. Uh, well, I know, but I mean, like, it, this isn't on PlayStation or Xbox. This no, is no, no, no. It's a Nintendo, Nintendo property. It's a Nintendo yeah. property, and it's been the first Animal Crossing game <laughs> was with the GameCube, I want to say. Somebody, uh, I think it was 64. I did look that up. Oh, okay. There was one on the 64. This has been a pretty popular IP for them, um, and huh. it's basically a cartoony... I've never played it, so please, Animal Crossing lovers, please forgive me, but it's a basically a more like cartoony open-world game where you develop okay. your own city, you can so go visit... So it's like visit. Sims? Yeah, yeah, there's a Sims element to it, but it's but it's really in-depth, and it's kind of one of those games where if you're away from the game for a month you'll go back and a month will have passed you know on your island or oh. you know those kind of things i think again i've never played it so apologies if i'm wrong but yeah i no. was just curious if you guys had played it no it's just son- coming at a really good time where there's a lot of people who are wanting to connect online and this is a way to do so yeah. without you know it, it's a nice kind of s- slower paced game that's just cute it's I just played- like so many people are talking about yeah, on social media of like course. i'm like what 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 is this <laughs> um <laughs> I, I feel like I would do a disservice to to plugging this game that I just talked about, though. I just really briefly want to mention there are ads in it. There's ones you can choose to watch for, like, extra mm-hmm. stuff. But then there are sometimes ads that will just play without you having a choice. And today I saw an ad for something disgusting. And so um, apparently there is... A, a telescope, a miniature telescope you can plug into your phone and show you the interior of your ear canal or wherever <laughs> you want to put it. This wow. ad, I've never seen anything like it. Usually the ads on games are for things like other games, but this one was for a medical device, but they don't just show you the, the interior of a, of the ear. They're, they're doing it to quote unquote, give you more of an understanding of if you've got blockage in there so that you can do a better job of removing it. And then they show two like bullet sized chunks of like dried ear wax. And anyway, so I don't know. I would, I just, I, uh, I remember. I, I, it's probably ba- it's based on your Google searches, there, right? Yeah, it's probably. The, the advertise is specific <laughs> to you. I I remember your reaction when I had a boulder earwax boulder fall out of my ear uh, when we were recording one time. So you've probably blocked you that from your bro- memory, but you broke the desk. It well, fell out of your ear and hit the desk. It caused a tremor. You had to run made- away, Indiana Jones style. It was really, uh, it was really amazing. So. It really freaked me out. I went to a doctor like a year ago or so. I got sick and uh, she was checking my ears and she's like, you wear earbuds a lot, right? I was like, that's scary that you know this. Like, I can't imagine what my ears look like. If that's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you're not kidding about wanting like mindless game right now. I have merged so many dragons over the last week. Uh, it is it is my go to mindlessness right now. So uh, that is a lot of. That is very much a thing when you're kind of trapped that, you know, you want something to do. I'm going to talk about a show on Netflix I binged, uh, Narcos Mexico. Um, Either of you familiar with the Narcos I haven't seen any of the Narcos shows. I've heard about them. They're on my list. Yeah. So there are two technically separate shows that take Mm -hmm. place 
you know, in the same universe, which, by the way, is our universe. These are based on true events. Um, they have changed quite a bit. And one of actually my favorite things about the show is researching what's real, what's not, what they changed for dramatic purposes, mm-hmm. uh, those kind of things. Um, it is certainly um, it doesn't shy away from the violence, uh, the the way that the drug trade uh, has happened, uh, any of that stuff. Be aware of that. But I fell in love with um, Pop, the portrayal of Pablo Escobar in the first show. Mm-hmm. It was more about the Colombian uh, cocaine trade. And then after they wrapped up that three seasons of that, they started Narcos Mexico, which this is the second season, and that follows the Mexican drug trade, which was mostly marijuana to start with, because they invented a seedless marijuana, and uh, then we're trying to get it into the U.S., and then became cocaine, because Colombia was having a hard time getting their stuff to America, and so they started using the Mexican drug routes uh, to get their cocaine to America as well. And I find this show so educational, which is one of the things I love uh, about Doc docu-type shows, and and I will uh, Mm -hmm. say again, this is not a documentary. It is definitely an entertainment show that changes stuff for entertainment purposes. But learning about kind of the progress of the drug trade and what happened and and all those things um, is something that I've really enjoyed in doing that research. And it's been fun in Narcos Mexico, this second season and the first season even quite a bit, to see where it crosses paths with the stuff we've already seen in the first narco show with the colombian stuff because all of a Mm -hmm. sudden these colombian characters that were in the first series are now appearing in the narcos mexico series in a different way you know now they're an outsider coming in and i don't know it's there was a cameo in like the ninth episode of the second season that just i don't know it was it was kind of it it was a it was an expanded universe kind of thing right it's like when you see you know captain america and the incredible hulk and you know it's i don't know it was what kind of one of those interesting things so yeah uh, it's those have been on my list for a while. I just haven't ever gotten around to them, but I'm really interested in watching them. I, they are they are um, very I've only well heard done. people like you say they're great. They're very well done. I will say that, and they're a bit ridiculous at times. But it's mm-hmm. but again, That's some okay. of the stuff that happens was a bit ridiculous too. So um, so, anyways, I, I did manage to knock out Narcos Mexico season two. I should say all but the last episode. I haven't watched the final episode yet of season two. Oh no! Um, so this might be a, not a recommendation next week. <laughs> 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 I Stay doubt tuned. it, guys. I gotta go back. The yeah, last episode was, it was duty. It was one o'clock last night, and I was like, "Can I do one more?" And I was like, "No, I should probably sleep." <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are fun nights. You should start to just do games. They're much, much quicker to review. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That's so not uh-huh. your thing. No. Yeah, probably. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not a gamer either. I have. I have watched movies. In fact, before we started recording, I looked at my Letterbox diary. I have watched. 18 movies since last Monday. <laughs> yeah. Um, because outside of work, I've had nothing to do. Uh, my daughter won't hang out with me, and my wife wants to watch TV shows that I do not like. So <laughs> I've been watching movies. <laughs> I like Danae just shaking her head at me like she's disappointed. No, I just, I I don't get it. Of course, I've been listening to podcasts. And, and why I'm playing games. And playing games, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I played a game, like, all day, I, 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 w- oh, I would. Oh, I, I wish would I had it. I wish I had an all-day game ability. Mine are like quick five-minute spurts, and that's it. Well, you still have, you have a three-year-old too. I do. I, I have an I have an eight-year-old, so she can pretty much. I have to make her food every now and then, but other than that, she's she's good to go. Um, but no, so I was going to talk about one of the movies. I only watch like older stuff, but I did want to talk about. Um, I watched last night. 
uh, this movie from 1967. It is called Wait Until Dark. This is like the fourth or fifth time I've seen it. Have you ever seen it, Aaron? Audrey Hepburn? No, I don't think I've seen that one. Okay. I know you so, were also watching Dial M for Murder, which is an yeah, amazing well, film. And the reason they had those back-to-back last night on Turner Classic Movies. I also highly recommend Turner Classic Movies if you have a way to watch that channel. But um, the both movies are based on a play by Frederick Knott. Um, he wrote both of the plays that the movies are adapted from. And much like Dial M for Murder, the majority of this movie takes place in a single location. It's this apartment building that Audrey Hepburn lives in. Audrey Hepburn plays a blind person um, who, through various circumstances, ends up with this doll that is packed with heroin. And there are a few different guys that want to get that doll from her. And so once they initially come in there playing like characters, Richard Crenna... And this other guy played by uh, Jack Weston pretend to be cops and um, they find out that she's blind. Uh, so they try to use that to their advantage. And then Alan Arkin plays the other villain. And oh, my God, like <clears throat> Alan Arkin plays like one of the creepiest people. I, and it's crazy because Alan Arkin's like, you know, he's usually like the goofy guy, like in stuff like Little Miss Sunshine or he's like in serious dramas like Glengarry Glen Ross, but he's like this really like just creepy killer uh, drug dealer guy. Apparently, he hated the role though because he had to be mean to Audrey Hepburn. Apparently, she was as much of a doll as everybody uh, uh, as she appears to be in real life, um, and so he hated having to be mean to her. But it is just it is an excellent thriller. Um, it is very much, like I said, it's kind of like dialing for murder and that everything takes place in mostly a singular location. And then you have the idea of her being blind. And then just the um, the way the director uses like the the room and like especially with her being blind, there are scenes that where uh, she uses darkness to her ability to kind of help herself out against these people. And it's just it's a really clever thriller. I just don't think it gets talked about enough. Like it's not one of those that you hear people talk about all the time. Uh, when they talk about thrillers from that era, you know, more people are talking about like the Hitchcock films or or something along those lines. This one doesn't seem to get brought up that often. Um, there's a pretty inexpensive Blu-ray available if that's the route you want to go. It's also available to stream and rent. Um, it's currently on TCM uh, Watch if if you have access to that. Um, and it is just it's one of my all time favorite uh, suspense thrillers. Dialing for Murder I hadn't watched in a while either. That's that's an excellent one that even that one doesn't really get talked about. I don't think enough. Yeah, it's, it's in it's my top well five. Known. It's in my top five Hitchcocks. Yeah, you. That was really cool when you told me that because you don't. Most Hitchcock fans don't have that that high. Um, that seems to be like for a lot of people, that's more of a middle tier. It's one of my favorites too. It's excellent. One of my favorite things about um, Dial M for Murder is it was originally conceived and shot as a 3D movie. Yeah. And so Hitch- have you seen it in 3D? I have. Um, and Hitch- yeah, I haven't. Hitchcock is uh, was so far ahead of the game on understanding 3D as a mm-hmm. tool to tell a story. And what's interesting is when you're using a visual thing like that to tell the story, yeah, you lose a little of the impact when it goes back to being mm-hmm. in 2D, but it's still like, the what's the most famous shot from Dial In For Murder? It's her reaching back for the scissors, right? Like when she's, yeah. you know, dying and she's trying to find something and she's reaching behind her to, you know, to grab these scissors. Well, in 3D, she's reaching out into the crowd 
out and like, you know, patting around and trying to find the scissors behind her. Yeah. But it still translates in 2D because it's just great storytelling. See, that's the thing. And so that, that yeah. movie is just, it's one of my favorites. I love watching it. Oh, it's it. amazing. And I had forgotten, they mentioned Ben Mankiewicz was the host on TCM and he talked about it last night where they pulled the movie because it was doing so poorly in 3D and then they re-released it in 2D. And I think it did really well. Mm-hmm when they re-released it. And then also when you're watching movies on Turner Classic on Twitter, there's a group of people that'll, if you use the hashtag TCM party, there's usually a bunch of people watching along and just talking and stuff. And somebody mentioned last night how it was very similar to a Columbo episode. I've literally never thought about that. And I've watched, and Columbo came afterwards, but I would, I almost think Dial M had to be an influence on Columbo because you know who the killer is in the get go. Yep. Um, the way the the John Williams cop character, he's very Columbo esque, where he kind of acts like he doesn't know what's going mm-hmm. on. Yep. But he really knows a lot more than you realize. Yep. And then there's that got me gotcha moment at the very end that's very Columbo. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that. So that I don't know. Anyway, sorry to get off on a tangent. No, but, no, uh, that's great. That was two great. great movies. Yeah. If you haven't seen either one of those. <laughs> Uh, Danae, I will let you know that uh, I have been playing a mobile game recently. Uh, it's called oh, yeah. It's called Narcos Mexico, and uh, <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's <laughs> is it like where you build your own cartel and you yeah, grow yeah. your own drugs? What's weird is it's taking place in the real world, and uh, yeah, it's it's one of those real world games. And man, people seem oh, okay. upset with me right now. I don't know, you know, is I it, lost some so it's quote like unquote anal- product. I don't know what that means, but you know, it's like Animal Crossing, but with drugs. <laughs> People come by, they deliver these, I guess they call them kilos of okay, the white okay, powder cool. substance. If you think okay. there's people that aren't on drugs playing Animal Crossing, you are mistaken. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're more than happy to tweet how they're eating edibles and, and playing Animal Crossing. Like, you you do you in the quarantine. Yeah. You know, guys, I just have to say before we wrap up the show, which I know is coming any second now, that doing the show with my puppies in the same room is my favorite thing. <laughs> well, and you don't have to drive back home. No, home. I, I, I'm already here. You get to be me. You get to out. like, yeah, you get off and you go make food or whatever you want to do. Hey, and, Jonathan, and we don't need is... to hear. We don't need to hear about you getting off. That's not. <laughs> you mean you, you're done? You take your pants off? <laughs> it's, it's my day in quarantine. <laughs> I get off and go make food. That's uh... Uh, that's where it's funny. You think I'm wearing pants? That's, <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, I did see you walk out of the room at one point. <laughs> so, so we know you're not wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it for Behind the Sins this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. My dog is so cute. He is at Sam oh, Loomis 13. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BehindTheSinsPod at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter and be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. Social distancing, now it's a podcast. What kind of weird do I sound? You sound like a robot. Ooh. Yeah, you sound straight up like a robot. And this is me as a robot. You're very like, you're like, beep, bop, boop, bop. <laughs> Does this help? Does this change things? Uh, yeah, you sound better now. Yay! Uh, well, now you're Tenny again. Oh, Weird. good. See up at the top on voice uh, settings, it says, uh, thank you, Danae. That was beautiful. <laughs> Doodlebug. Zoop, zoop, zoop. 
Hey, Danae. Hey, Aaron. I get the sense that you want to sing um, the Doodlebug song. I'll say that right now. Hey, Danae, can you tell the, the person using the vacuum cleaner to wait? Um, we're trying to do a show. <laughs> Danae, you need to settle down. Danae, okay. you need to settle down. Says my, do I sound better? Yes, you do. That was weird. Doesn't he sound better now? Yeah. Yeah, like a lot better. I just, all I did was run it. Oh my God. Yeah, my levels are awesome now. What the <laughs> hell? All I did was run a test. I said that fucking sentence. I could have done that like a year ago. It's some magic words. It's like an open sesame. So anyways, yeah, um, I've been washing my hands like crazy. I, I cannot explain. I cannot even begin to tell you how terrified I am right now of this whole thing. I was going to ask you guys, like, what your level of... And my wife of... is getting freaked out, too. And my wife doesn't get flipped out about anything. So what would you say the level of concern in, like, your families is as we continue to go through kind well, of this I unknown thing? My wife is concerned about getting sick. Um, like, we have neighbors that are like, you know, we miss you guys. Just come walk with us or, you know, have a drink. And my wife's like, no, get away from me. I'm more scared about just people uh, being people. Like, I just don't trust anybody else. So, like, I'm more concerned about if this keeps going, like, people getting desperate because they're not working and they're not making money. And yeah, yeah like, if it gets crazy, like, yeah, like if, it gets like the apocalypse, mm -hmm. you know, where you're just right. like, which I don't think that's going to happen. No, but I'm not, I'm not concerned yeah. about that. Not but... to go there. Yeah. I'm really glad that this disease is not more serious than it is. I'm not saying it's not serious, but I'm glad this isn't like some crazy like flesh eating bacteria or something because we would all be fucked because nobody knows what they're doing and people are still going to the beach and they're drinking beer out of each other's butts and it's I just don't understand what's going on. <laughs> it's like what are you I love that you just kind of dropped it in there. Check. Like people drinking out of each other's butts. Like it was just, you know, something yeah. that happens during the end times. Yeah, it was it freaking popped up on my Twitter feed this morning. You know, somebody was like, look at these idiots. And I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why would you do that if there wasn't a disease going around? I saw the one. Oh, my gosh. Now my levels are crazy high. I moved my microphone I around. I messed your mic up. <laughs> I moved my mic around because I realized, like, I'm not even talking into it in the right spot. And I've noticed that it's been getting softer and softer, but it's because I had it off, like it was coming out from the side and I've moved it now where it's like below me. And so my levels went crazy high. Like, uh, you sound different now. Yeah. You don't sound yeah. crazy. You, do, you sound like, uh, you sound like, uh, not that you're not mature, but you sound like a more mature. Yeah. Individual. It almost like, it almost like lowered your register and, <laughs> and made you sound like you're speaking slower. It's like you've got like a really nice bass tone right yeah. now. Yeah, it was like you turned like, it down to like uh, it's like you turned it down to like point eight speed. Oh jeez, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? No, now I like I seriously I will show pickle pepper. How do I fix this shit? Damn it! <laughs> what happened? What did you do? I don't. I just flipped my microphone around. Ah. And now I've touched it with my lips, and now there's lip gloss on it. Okay, hold on. I just feel so I can like talk so comfortably now, and not worry about my mic just flipping. Great, out good me. for you. Wonderful. Okay. Great. <laughs> no, seriously, okay. she sounds like she's at point eight speed. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> she does kind of. Yeah, I guess that's more it. I guess that's why she's lower. <laughs> I thought like she's just like congested.
okay, this is where it was before, but now I think I, I bumped it or something. Yeah. I think you sound a little better. Damn I mean, it. not that you sound bad. No, it's fine. Check, check, check. This is where I am now, but it's the same. Like, I, I mean, literally am just talking. You don't sound like a robot like Aaron. Oh, my God. <laughs> Does Aaron still sound like a robot? God, this is the worst show ever. But, uh, so how did you how, how did you do that? How did you do that Yeti thing you did? <laughs> you sound so... <laughs> Shut up! I went to the control panel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I gotta pull it back out. I went Damn to it, the, let me go to it. I, went, oh I just started gosh. moving my microphone around, and then oh some my gosh. shit's going crazy. You're like, you're like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> really? Are you serious? Are See, you serious? Although I have showered. I showered this, this morning too. I actually shaved this morning. Well, apparently you were. At church naked, and there was a, <laughs> wasn't enough soap for my eyes after you put that visual. Listen, I don't look too bad naked, Jonathan. I'm just going to say it. Like, there's no reason to soap out your eyes. I'm sure both of you are lovely, but I, you know, <laughs> my friends, that's weird. Bless you. Bless you. The good thing is uh, the sneeze is not part of the coronavirus. Oh, she's sick. She's sick. She sneezed three times. That means she's <sighs> sick. Guys, look look what I brought to the recording I was going to say, is that alcohol? <laughs> it's going to be a good show. Day <laughs> drinking. <laughs> if, if Aaron says fascinating, I'm drinking this, uh, drinking out of the bottle. What but is it though? Is it wine? It's wine. Yeah. Justin picked it up at the store. He's like, hey, this might be a good time to drink wine. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a 1972 Walt Disney World sweatshirt on. Hell yeah, I do. This, I love this sweatshirt. Do I sound like that? <laughs> Damn it. Are you guys fucking with me right now? But I think it's working. I listened to my audio a second ago. It sounded okay. You guys think I sound okay, so... Yeah, you sound like yourself again. <laughs> um, shall we start? Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh my God, am I doing that again? No, 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 you're Damn not. It. I'm sorry. I'm God. sorry. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 